fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. What's everybody? How's it going? How's it happening? What's happening with the Fashion Crimes Podcast? Today, we have the most important, special wonderful guest that I have shocked that I still landed. I want to introduce Mr. Andrew Werner of Andrew Werner Photography. Damn it, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. It is a pleasure to be here with you. I am so excited to have you. We have a common connection. We both love our friend Diana, who brought us together. And she was said, oh my God, have you met Andrew? He's my best friend. I said, of course. Oh my God. I've known Diana forever. I was a bridesman at her wedding. I love a bridesman. Oh, but of course. I mean, listen, my friends are like, oh, so you're in the wedding party. You're getting ready with the groom. I'm like, actually, I'm a bridesman. I'm a bridesman. They're like, oh, are you wearing the dress? And I'm like, (laughs) are you serious? But then of course, Diana did ask me to, you know, do something reminiscent. And obviously I love fashion, but do something reminiscent of Billy Porter's iconic uh, tuxedo dress. I believe Christian Siriano made. So rather than doing that on her special day, I took it upon myself to have a friend commission something very similar that I wore to her rehearsal dinner. And the look on her face was priceless. So (laughs) yes, uh, we have many memories together. I love her. (laughs) I love that. So, Thank you so much for joining the show. I am so happy to be a friend of yours now. And the reason why I wanted to interview you is because I think you have such an interesting career and you will be able to help our listeners as I love to, to, you know, to give out style advice and fashion advice and tell people do this, don't do that. But a lot of problems that people have are with taking pictures, engagement Mm -hmm. cards, getting their holiday cards done. And I thought you would be a perfect person to talk to about that. Now, I know you have a couple of different facets in your career, but let's start at the beginning. You know, take a few minutes and tell us the who, what, when, where, why of you. Sure. Thank you again for having me on this. It's always a pleasure to speak to people in all different audiences because uh, everyone does come from a different background, has a different mindset, has a different approach to do really whatever they're doing at the moment and how they look at life. So this is always awesome. So me, how did I start? I grew up on Long Island. I grew up in a family. My dad's side was in clothing and fashion. He had men's and boys suiting stores, the Great Neck Department Store, the Annex Shop on Long Island, which came to be a go-to place since the 50s and 60s for men's suiting and style, like destination. And then, you know, I grew up loving fashion, loving to look good. And when I look good, I felt good. And that's always been a common thread with everything I try to do. It's, it's first and foremost about feeling good. And I try to impart that with everything that I do, especially photography. 
I went to school originally from musical theater at the University of Buffalo. And when you're in musical theater, you have to be a triple threat, as they call it. But mm, right. I really wasn't a triple threat because I wasn't that threatening. So <laughs> with, without my ability to dance or gracefully move, as they say in the industry, mm-hmm. I wanted to find something that not only was I good at, but I loved to do. And I'd always loved taking pictures and capturing moments. It's, it's an intrinsic ability that brings me joy. And I've always had this ability also to relate to people and talk to people. As my friend Rob Smith said, just make people feel comfortable seeing people for who they are, but also impressing my values of life and just things will be okay to them, which is evidence you could see in the eyes of my subjects, in the eyes of the people that I photograph. So I started taking pictures and I went from musical theater to photography, where I got the ability to work in nightlife and work with people of all ages and and socioeconomic backgrounds. And then after graduating, I moved back home and worked specifically in uh, New York City's infamous nightlife scene. I got to work in the clubs, the bars, the parties, all that good stuff, and really got to explore my creative skills and play with that, while also still working a part-time day job in retail. So I got the experience in both facets. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the leap. I love what I do. I need to do photography full-time. So started doing that and organically snowballed into from nightlife to daytime and shooting for society publications and magazines like Modern Luxuries, Manhattan and Gotham and Hamptons and Time Out New York. And then that parlayed into working with Harper's Bazaar and, and shooting all the events for Town and Country for Hearst Publications. And then I also shot for Condé Nast and then um, all different magazines, uh, which really let me explore not only the event side of things, but also fashion and editorial and product. And whereas most photographers have a specialty, when people ask me, what's your specialty? My response has been, what's your budget? Mm -hmm. I have the ability and have taken it upon myself to study and work hard to explore so many different facets of photography and fall in love with them that I can really be a um, man of many skills and wear different hats, ideally without messing my hair. But yes, I wear many (laughs) different hats when it comes to photography. That was funny. That was funny. (laughs) Andrew does have fabulous hair, by the way. So let me ask you this. You're singing. You want to be on Broadway and you're like, "Eh, just kidding. And then you start taking pictures. You have no photography experience. Is this correct? The experience that I had was growing up when I'd go travel in the summer, I would take tons and tons of pictures. And this is back when everything was film. Right. And I would just develop and develop. And I was like, okay, this is getting really expensive. Mm-hmm. What's a good picture? What's not a good picture? Why do I like this picture as opposed to that picture? Whether it be a location. So landscapes or whether it be people or parties or events or life's best moments, there was something that spoke to the thread of people and the thread of relationships, whether it be you to me or you two together or you in this event or you in this space or traveling with friends. It was that joy of capturing happiness Hmm. or just moments or being able to then 
curate them. So when it comes to engagement photo shoots or proposals or weddings or even events, like last night I did a red carpet, there is so much to be captured and savored to make a moment last forever. And it's that value. It's that ability to get it and get it right and have the experience that separates a photo from a photo. Mm. When you're hired, say, to do a red carpet event, are you competing with other photographers or is someone saying we want you and only you or is it the celebrity? How does it work? It's a big mixture. There have been many red carpets where there are dozens of photographers and everyone's shooting for a different outlet. And we're essentially getting the same photo. So when it comes to the competition, it's not necessarily that. I also see, and I know this sounds like a crazy soundbite, I see competition as myself. How am I doing compared to where I want to be? Why is this day better than the last and how to make each day better? And while there is competition out there, there is more than enough work to go around for everyone. Whether you're just starting or you're well-established, we all have the ability to learn every single day something new. I really appreciate you saying that. And as a personal stylist, it was the same thing when we took, you know, when I took some final courses where the person who we learned from, they were stylists in LA and they were like, there is more than enough stylist work in the world for everyone a thousand times over. You don't ever have to trip about not getting this job or this assignment. There's always going to be something bigger and better. And the big thing is though, things are constantly changing, especially in the world of fashion. And, and the same goes for photography. I mean, there are trends of different ways to approach things and different filters or different styles of shooting. And when people say, what's your style or or why are there so many different styles or why do you just do this? I'm like, photography, although it's capturing an image is similar to writing. I mean, that's why there are a million books about the same thing. There are a million photo books about the same thing, but what makes it special is the approach. And more often than not, the person who took it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all write our own stories. Mine just happens to be visual as opposed to written down in copy. Right. Um, and you are a very creative person. I think that's why I was drawn to you because I had seen you. I, we go to Fashion Week, obviously, and I'd seen you before and you're always taking pictures there. You stopped me in my tracks. Always, always. And, you know, you're always super kind to us. And that's how I met you. And I was like, oh, my God, he's a oh, big time photographer. Time out. Time out. Let's get one thing straight. I am far from kind. I am real. (laughs) Time is money and I'm expensive. When I see someone in a drop dead gorgeous outfit or that can stand out from a crowd, I get their picture. So I'm not kind. I'm real. (laughs) I meant you were nice to me. That's what I meant. Always. Oh, yeah. You're always nice to me. So when talking about fashion, I know that you take pictures of a lot of women, men as well, but you take pictures of a lot of women. When I help clients, I have like two sort of benchmarks that I work with. Yes, you can. And don't say you can't. And girl, no. When you see people, not at Fashion Week, but when you see regular people on the street or you're working on an assignment, tell me some things that you like to photograph when it comes to women's clothing, maybe some things that don't work as well. Do you have any advice for people that get their picture taken or they want to get their picture taken and how to get the best product at the end and start with their clothes? Absolutely. How you present yourself to the world is how you are expressing yourself and it can change from day to day to night to night. So 
it depends on dressing for the occasion. That's always a good thing. Never you can never be too overdressed. I like to say Me because too. then you stand out. But also know what it is. What is the scope that you're trying to present? I know I'm all business right now, but it really comes down to you're dressing for something in particular. So let's say you're dressing for something particular. Don't be all crazy when this is the dress code. So if let's say, I don't know, give me a situation. So let's just talk about if somebody hires you for an event and you see some people who look really good and you see some people who don't, you know, who are like, uh, what are common mistakes that you see? Or do people wear ill-fitting clothes? Do they not dress for their body type? That's what, those are my go-tos. I would have to say things that definitely stand out as pros in this are dressing for your body type. You know your body. It will constantly be in change. I mean, everything happens. I mean, the last two years, my body has changed. So dressing for your body type in clothes that fit you, that are flattering, but again, that make you feel confident because confidence is the ultimate accessory. You could be wearing a garbage bag and look (laughs) pretty damn good. Right. Because a lot of celebrities... I think have actually worn garbage bags or caution <laughs> tape or something absolutely ridiculous, but it's the confidence. Right, it's knowing agreed. that you look damn good and maybe some accessories, but still it's, it's dressing what makes you feel good and is flattering for yourself. I mean, you can't go wrong with just clean, simple black and white. And that's the big thing for spring too. I love seeing black and white. It's beautiful. It's chic. It's timeless. That is a go-to and holding yourself practice in the mirror because you want to be wearing the clothes, not having the clothes wear you. Mm, Loving that. So when it comes to posing, practice in the mirror. I mean, you brush your teeth, you brush your hair while you're doing it. Look at your angles. I often tell people when I'm working with engagement photo shoots, which is usually the first of many photo opportunities for a wedding. I call it the sundial approach and you practice in the mirror and You hold your nose straight ahead and you tilt where a clock would be and you see how the shadows fall on your face. So you look at one, two, three, four, and you point your nose to all the different numbers that are on this imaginary clock in front of you. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing doing it it right now. Exactly. (laughs) And, And you see what angle is the most flattering. So if you're pointing your nose, as I get in front of a mirror right now to make sure I'm doing it right, point your nose towards one maybe that's not the most flattering because you see up your nostrils. Okay. Mm. But then you point your nose to three a little bit. Oh, I seem to have, or I appear to have a little bit of a double chin. Now work on your body, pull back your shoulders, extend your neck slightly so that three o'clock is more flattering. And then as you practice this more, you will see what the most flattering angles for your face are, which is the sundial approach. That is incredible advice, Andrew. I mean, that is, how long you been sitting on that one? I mean, wow. I heard it years ago from someone, so I can't take full credit for it. And I never realized it, but they called it the clock approach. But I'm like the sundial, because that's shadows. And the whole thing about photography is lighting for your face and everything. But it's, it's looking and what is the most flattering for you? But it's not just your face. It's where are my shoulders? Do I have to drop them, pull them back? And then the other thing people always do, which drives me crazy, is they extend their chin and point it up. That's cute, but I don't want to see up your nose. Mm-hmm. So you have to compensate and extend the shoulders, pull back, adjust the body. Modeling is very hard. But if this is for you, these are lessons and partially implemented into my rates 
why it is so important to learn how to pose. And when I work with people for engagement shoots or on a red carpet, or I've had many friends who are freshly cast into reality shows or on TV, they say, you need to teach me how to pose. It's the most important thing because it's like taking a horse to drink champagne. They may not want to do it initially, but they're going to love it after. You learn and you could keep this lesson with you and apply it to everything from a selfie to being on a red carpet, to your wedding day, to even Zoom. Where are you in relation to the camera or the computer? Where am I? Do I need to be sitting lower, standing taller? It's learned. There are very few people who could do it instantaneously and naturally. It's so hard to get it right because you think you look cute. You're like, ooh, take a picture. And you think you look cute and you're like, ugh. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess you have to, I guess you have to see it. Yes, trial and error. Okay, Andrew, that was the most incredible advice I think I've ever gotten about posing. I know our listeners will love that because I get a lot of requests for, you know, styling for engagement photos and styling for Christmas cards and things like that. And when I get Christmas uh, holiday cards, you know, I'm a harsh critic, so I like to make fun of my friends and, you know, we have (laughs) a good repertoire going, but, you know, I do understand it really every little detail counts, especially if you do have kids. It's practice and knowing what's right for your body type. So if something may work for someone else does not mean it's going to work for you. That's right. You are your own individual. So I know that you are a low key jewelry designer and I want to talk about your pins that have been so incredibly popular. Everyone's fawning all over them. I want one. I want to get one for my husband. You will have created a line called Flirt, and yes. I want you to tell us all about it. Sure. As a photographer, a lot of my business has been events and red carpets and black tie affairs. And going back about six or seven years at this point, wow, time flies. I was heading to an event at Cipriani, which is this huge venue in New York City honoring Linda Fargo from Bergdorf Goodman and it was black tie and gorgeous. And, you know, I wanted to stand out for the right reasons at an event and the costume of black tie for guys at that point was uh, pedestrian. It lacked, it was black and white. I looked like a penguin, but it still looked chic. And you couldn't tell as a photographer from let's say 10 feet away, whether Tom Ford made your tuxedo or H and M. I totally agree with you a hundred percent. So I needed, for my own purpose, selfishly, a reason to stand out while I was photographing it. And boutonnieres have always been around for the last, I don't know, many decades. And they were a symbol and a a visible symbol of just wanting to express yourself and showing the masculine side of nature and beauty in a flower. So I made my own. I went to Michael's craft store, got some burlap, spray painted it red and plopped it on. Over the course of the night, I received several compliments and like, oh, where did you get this? I said, oh, I made it. And the questions then would arise. Oh, we didn't know you had a line of accessories. Well, from the people that gave me those compliments, I took it and ran to my now very good friend, Nancy Foreman, who has a company called the Accessory Think Tank and said, great, I'm getting compliments from these key people in the industry, the the actual taste makers. They think I should have a line. Let's develop it. So I found the missing niche in the industry, which was, in my opinion, a luxury lapel flower that was handmade. And there was nothing that, let's say a guy was wearing, or even a woman, but a guy at the time was wearing a $400 blazer or a $1,500 tuxedo, and prices could go as high as, I don't know, with Zenyan, all these brands. But 
there was nothing to reflect the opulence or the price point that they were spending versus what they were wearing. So I created that and Flirt Pins has evolved to leathers, exotic skins, everything from tennis ball and cork to I've had clients in Texas send me their unused mothers or grandmothers Hermes scarves that they just don't really? wear. So wow. what did I do? I made a beautiful bouquet as an art installation, but I've also then backed them in leather and made flowers out of them so they could wear more frequently, whether it be on a jacket, a blazer, or on a denim jacket, or even just throwing them on a clip and having them worn in their hair. It's a way to be fashionable while still staying timeless and stylish in a tradition. And what is the price point for your pins? Oh, that's usually a favorite question. Because they are all handmade in New York City, personally, and all my materials essentially are sourced from the garment district, the price does reflect the craftsmanship that we put into it and can range anywhere between $75 and close to 400 for some of the larger, more exotic skins. A lot of the clients that do wear these are bridal parties or they double as a groomsman gift for the wedding because they can be the boutonniere as well as the takeaway. So that way, the next time you go to an event, you wear this and think back to the wedding or the event or the dinner party where you were gifted this. What a cute idea. I love that so much. And you are following our Earth Day podcast that I talked about sustainable fashion and I talked about the waste and the metric tons of things that are in landfills and how the you know emissions from these factories are destroying the planet. And I really talked about people who are making things in small batches. So thank you for making that in small batches. It's small batches. And as much as we are all guilty of it in some capacity, fast fashion is not your friend. Plastics are not your friend. And while this may not be agreeable to everybody, if you are eating meat, rather than throwing out the excess parts, I'm taking these leathers and these skins and things that whether they were created for it or not, they are biodegradable. They are used. They are beautiful. And it's it's nature. So that's my stance point on it. And you're shopping local. And that's what I talked about mm-hmm. in the Earth Day episode was that even if you live in New York City and somebody lives in East Jesus, wherever, Kentucky, you're still shopping local because you're buying from someone who has one. To- How do you know my favorite town was East Jesus? I love it. <laughs> I mean, you're still shopping local. They don't. It doesn't literally have to be your town is what I'm saying. It's important to, su- to support all of these small businesses, right. especially with what's happened in the last two years. These companies that are huge, that's great. And they will knock off these small businesses. It's important to support people and your friends. Support your friends. Don't ask for free. And please don't ask for discounts. Let us offer that to you. Ah, Can I get that on a pillow? If I had a dollar. It's already in production. (laughs) If I had a dollar for everyone. A dollar? You must be on sale. I I mean, five at least. I know. For people like, do you like this? What about this? What do you think? And And I really don't mind, but sometimes people do cross the line because I'm very friendly with people and I do give a lot of myself away. So it's, it's hard as a small business, not to do that for people that you love and care about. So I do understand. You have to, there is definitely discretion all along the place. You have to give back and you have to support people. But listen, if you're asking for me to shoot something for you, and I know that you're making money off of it. mm -mm, No, no. I totally agree with you. So now let's talk about 
since you're making the pins now, are you expanding the line? Are you going to do something else? What, what are you thinking of next? Well, right now, fingers are crossed and things have been great. I have several new doors and stores that will be carrying flared pins. Right now, they're selling at Lizzie Tish's store on Madison Avenue in New York City, which is amazing. They have been sold at Barney's from New York to Beverly Hills, Bergdorf, Goodman, Nordstrom, and other boutiques and specialty shops up and down the East Coast. It is so exciting to see something that you created. I know, just off of a whim. And if somebody wants to get one, do they just contact you directly? How The collections are available at flirdpins.com. That's flower in French with a D, F-L-E-U-R-D-P-I-N-S.com. And you can see how they're worn, some styling tips mm. and social media stuff on at flirdpins on Instagram. It's great because initially they were created for me and let's say guys to stand out on the red carpet. But flirt pins is for everybody. It's propelling the lineage of the boutonniere into the 21st century for everybody. I just think that's incredible. I just want to know what you're you going to do next. What am I going to do next? I do a lot of corporate gifting. Mm. So I have brands come to me. I, I can't announce it yet. Okay. But okay. I have a new hotel that is opening in New York City, incorporated flirt pins into their uniform. Wow. So that is growing and that's a direction. Andrew, that very is very exciting things coming up. You're more of a BFD than I thought you were. My God, we're <laughs> going to see you everywhere. I think you should put your face in the middle of each pen so people can see you, you know, and your beautiful hair. Oh, then I'll have to raise prices. <laughs> but you know, it, it comes down to how you do it and how you style and the fashion and, and trends and, you know, just being true to you. We all want to blend in in some capacity, but if you like something and it's flattering, wear it. If it makes you feel good and it's safe, do it. I love that because I am a huge stickler for people want to be told what shoes, what bag, what this, what that. It's not about that. Style is subjective. It has to ebb and flow. It depends mm -hmm. how you feel that day. And if you feel like wearing, you know, something like your pen one day, and then you want to put it like you said, on a denim jacket or in your hair or do something different with it, that, with it, that's your right. And it's not so black and white that you have to wear it this way and you have to do it. That is just a suggestion. Exactly. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. So good for you on adding styling tips because people are always very confused on what to do and how to do it. If, you know, I had and someone- that's okay. Yeah, I had someone email me, said, hey, Holly, I know that you mixed your jewelry, you mix metals, how do you do that? And I just said, you just fucking do it. Like there's no science to doing that. I appreciate you want to get it right, but you can't make a mistake. When you dress with intention- you can't make a mistake. Some people will, you know, give you pushback. Some people will say that's weird. That's strange, but that's your right because it's your style and you've created mm -hmm. something that is your style. If you like it too, cool here, I'll make you one. And now look at you. You've done a 150 piece order for HBO max. You're selling in all these stores. I mean, you're going to be on good morning America. I'm sure coming up soon. They're probably mm, going to want I you. Hope so. I just put that in the universe for you. You're welcome. Uh, yes, please. You've got all these good things going on. And when you surround yourself with the right people, that's why I wanted to interview you because 
your career is really, to me, a bright spot on, hey, you set out to do something and you did it. You did something else that you didn't plan on doing, but look at that. Now you're nurturing that. And you're not just this. You're not just a photographer. You're not just offering solutions. You're saying this is an all-encompassing thing. This goes with this and this will hand you with that. And then I can help you with this. And that's, I love supporting entrepreneurs like yourself because it's not just about style and fashion. It's about, it is, but it's not, but it's about getting yourself back and figuring out what that means for you. Exactly. And everyone's journey is different. It will take a longer time for some people and shorter for others, but you have to be true to what your style is, to what you want to express to the world, however it may want to be. Right now, the trend for menswear is expressing more, quote, femininity. What is femininity? Is that flowing garments? Is that silk scarves? Is that pearl necklaces or for, as accessories? Is it flowers? It is a way to express yourself. And the binary constructs, and that's a whole other conversation that we're in, they're being dissolved right in front of us because we want to express ourselves and feel free and feel beautiful. And we have lived through a time that has been so oppressive for so many that it's like a reemergence of positive attitude and success and happiness and joy and living for each day. And if you can do that for yourself by wearing an accessory or wearing a color or wearing a piece of clothing that is tailored or not tailored for that matter, and it makes you happy, do it. And I do have one, since we're talking about menswear, I do have one question because I have people asking me this and I can't answer. Is the tie in or out? Because I don't know mm. whether to tell my husband to get rid of his ties, if they're going to come back. I just don't know what to tell him. What is your take on menswear ties? Menswear ties are an ever-changing accessory. They go from wide to skinny to non-existent to yes. it could be a tassel to whatever. And depending where you are, it could be the cowboy thing that could be considered a tie. The so, bolo. The, the, yeah, the bolo. Thank you. It escaped me. <laughs> I would say save your ties because if you have ties that are wider, you can always taper them. Look at where you're going. If you're going to an event and the dress code calls for it, wear a tie. I love looking at certain iconic designers such as the Ralph Lauren's, but also the Calvin Klein's. And then designers that are also inspired for women's wear, like Ellie Tahari, seeing what they're doing and how these people are projecting style and trends because menswear will usually follow women's wear by two to three seasons. So watching what they're doing, it's usually in. But right now, my, my suggestion would be save the ties. Don't throw out anything. If something is too specific to a time period or a style and you're not going to wear it, donate it. Let someone else have the pleasure of wearing something that you enjoyed at one time. Save the ties that are special. I think that it's kind of both. If you want to wear a tie, go for it. If mm -hmm. you show up without a tie, no one's going to question you. That's what I think right now. Agreed. I do think they're going to come back. That's just my hunch. And that all of a sudden when they come back, one skinny supermodel is going to wear it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be all the rage again. Oh, so yes. I totally agree with you. Do not get rid of them. And I just haven't known what to say to people because my own husband isn't even wearing them. And even when he's meeting with really important people, these people are wearing t-shirts. I mean, they just oh, don't. Well, mm, underdressing is a no-no. 
I understand. But, you know, in the business world, these billionaires, they're not dressing up because they don't have to. So yeah, I, but I'm, where are they getting their T-shirts from? Not I, everyone can afford an eight hundred dollar. Well, that, this is true. But I think, you know, you're giving them a lot of credit. But I just think that the whole persona of what a business person is wearing is completely upside down. So when I'm just using my husband as an example, when he dresses really sharp and he goes and talks to these really important people, you know, sometimes they're dressed up, sometimes they're not dressed up. So it's just hard to, to figure out what the right dress code is. That's all I'm saying. So some men want to be more dressed up than others. Anyway, so it's just, it's ever changing. I think it just depends on who you are and where you live. If you live in the middle of the desert, I don't think most people are going to be wearing ties. That's, no. that's all I'm saying. I mean, listen, my go-to, my costume is a blazer, whether it be a formal blazer, a deconstructed blazer, what I feel comfortable in and what I feel shows off my body the best and most flattering is a blazer. It hits me at the right places, but also even if I find a great vintage or thrift a beautiful old designer blazer, I then take it to a tailor. I have it fitted to me. And it's just a refined tailored piece. You have to understand that you are like heads and shoulders, but you know what to do. Most people don't know what to do is all I'm saying. So, well, that's, you know, they can always come and ask me my advice. (laughs) I'm happy to, I'm happy to share. How are you not a stylist? I don't, I don't know. You're not. A, I guess you could have worn your past time life. In a day. <laughs> I need more time in a day if I was to be a stylist. There are only so many hats I could wear. I know you're like girl, please. Okay. <laughs> I can only handle yep. so much. So I want to thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge, dropping your knowledge with us, giving us posing advice, giving us some style advice, letting us learn about your pins and how we can purchase them. I would love to get one for my husband. I have to see what kind he wants, but I would love, love to order that. And we love supporting small brands. We want you to be part of our brand bestie program. And we'll talk about more about that later where people will be able to purchase your items and give you a review and learn how they heard about you. And it's just, it's all everlasting, all-encompassing. And we're just so thrilled that you are part and friend of the Fashion Crimes Podcast. I can't thank you enough for your time and your energy. And thank you so much for being with us. Any last words? How can we find you? Absolutely. Check out andrewwernerphotography.com to see more of my portfolio. But for faster, definitely check out at Andrew Werner. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-W-E-R-N-E-R on Instagram. Oh my God. Amazing. And so is your Instagram, like everything that you're doing, your photography, your pen, oh, your pens is separate. Some good highlights. You got Andrew Werner and Flirt Pins, two of my several businesses. I got my new gifts coming up. I hope nobody's listening because I got some gifts coming up, especially for Father's Day. Good Father's Day gift, everybody. All right. Check out Andrew Warner. We are so grateful to you. My name is Holly Cates. I am the hostess with the mostest. I am the only Holly you need to know. And of course, your favorite personal stylist. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, connect with us. Let me know your fashion questions, your style questions, your wardrobe questions. We want to thank Andrew so much again for joining us. And if you have any further questions for him, make sure you let us know or reach out to him on social media. Again, we love supporting small brands and small businesses. If you have somebody that you know that you love, please let us know. We'd love to give them a shout out on the podcast. And we want to say thank you for listening. We love our Insider Bestie crew. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast and we are out. 